And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 304, a.k.a. Year 7, Week 2, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC and, and KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled uh, call-in show, those numbers for you to dial are 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. So pre-show, this is the big news of the week. Everyone's talking about GameStop. Uh, You brought it up, KS, um, saying like, yeah, we should talk about it. And I went, well, for this show, what's the angle? And you said, MC knows the angle. So <laughs> I know lots of angles. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it over to you, MC. Uh, you know, if, for, for those not in the know, briefly describe what happened. And then if you can tie it in, uh, to, to this show specifically, um, because we're not a finance show. We're not a, you know, we're not a video game channel. Um, this is, you know, this is the, the pro freedom, pro liberty, anti-state, uh, program. And I don't know where the GameStop story falls within that scope. So take it away. Are you asking if it has anything to do with anarchism? <laughs> but yeah, no, basically, I, yeah. I, I, I really don't know. It's, I mean, basically the market should be uh, on the base. You borrow something and sell it. Uh, you have an obligation to uh, get some back and pay it back. Um, and that's basically what shorting is. You're right. borrowing some shares. The person might lend you the shares because they're going to fee. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit, so uh, I didn't I didn't catch everything back. you said. They're going to get their interest fee on top of the shares that they eventually get back. Right. So, um, so basically, what happened? Uh, there's a lot of greedy people that saw game closing physical stores, and people thought, "Wow, this looks exactly like the blockbuster implosion," and so they they think they're going to make a whole lot of money uh, shorting GameStop. Uh, what they didn't understand was that uh, GameStop isn't actually going under. They, they're not actually that bad financially. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not a financial guru and I don't work at GameStop, so I don't know how true that is. Uh, but from what the, you know, the Redditors tell me is that actually they weren't a company that was uh, in risk of failing right away, at least. Okay. So I might want to um, disagree so- with that statement. I'll let you continue, but I, want to, I might want to circle back to that. Sure. So that that's the that's the the story that the redditors are presenting. But anyway, what it doesn't matter. Uh, the the real story is is that one hundred and thirty percent possibly of uh, all the shares of GameStop were shorted. So how can you short more than the the stock? And so I was, I was kind of reading about that today, and some someone proposed this, and that's uh, su- suppose you know you have. Uh, uh, one brokerage and and somebody uh, sells uh, a lo- some I'm sorry somebody loans some of the shares to somebody else that person immediately sells them to somebody else and that person might be on another exchange so that exchange gets the shares and they loan them out to somebody else who then uh, sells sells them immediately and it goes to another exchange and and they sell the shares to somebody else who's just holding them um, so in that in that case uh, 200% of the, the shares in that transaction were uh, short sold. And so you could actually have that happen where uh, it, maybe it's not a naked short, but uh, it's still being 
kind of like how the the banking system also works, where they expect people to put it, put the money in a savings account, and then the bank loans the money out, and then somebody else puts that in their savings account, and the bank loans that out, and so it's a multiplier effect, right? Right. So, so this is part of the conversation that I had with KS prior uh, prior to coming on here. Is this a well known phenomenon in the stock market? Because um, if it, if it is, well, then that's just that you you understand the rules of the game as you enter it. True. Um, yeah, the, the hedge funds that got involved in this should have known better. Individuals that might have seen a rising stock price that got in, involved in it, uh, maybe not so much. Um, there, there are ways, I guess, to, well, exactly like the Redditors did, uh, find out how, how, how much short positions are on each uh, stock, uh, not necessarily knowing who's shorting it, but uh, being able to see the, the total amount of shares that are short. Um, so I don't know if there was any naked shorts. Uh, naked shorts are where uh, a brokerage or a, a trading firm or uh, someone like Citadel, who's the, the clearinghouse, um, would uh, basically print shares of uh, a stock and then sell them without actually owning it or borrowing it from anybody. So that, that's there's, so there's two different things. There's naked shorting, and then there's the uh, you know the multiplier, the multiplier with the reborrowing and stuff. So um, yeah, but of course the the large hedge funds should have realized that it was. Uh, overshorted, and actually, usually, if if there's not a, a, a coordinated attack, um, they they will pretty much get away with it. You know, they'll drive the stock price down, the, the hedge funds, and and uh, they'll make a profit off of when off of whatever the next crash is. So, if there's a stock market crash this year, uh, and and this uh, redditors didn't pump up the stock. Uh, they would have made, uh, you know, billions of dollars, or whatever. Sure. And are they not owed those billions of dollars because they are taking a financial risk um, by by issuing the shorts? I mean, right. It's it's so a risk reward a system, right? If you make a contract and you say, you know, if the price goes up, then I'll I'll I will lose money. Uh, then you should have to pay the money. Um, so, what's really weird is is what the the companies are doing uh so uh, robin hood and citadel are you know basically colluding to keep the price from going up too high and i don't know if that's because they know the people uh the hedge funds uh you know don't have the money uh to pay up and so they're trying to suppress the price uh so that they don't have to um i don't know what to do i mean okay you know, if the if the price of GameStop was infinity, would you get the money from them? You know, what if it's just impossible to get the money? So I don't know if that's what the situation is. Well, the situation um, became that earlier on in the week, sort of, not to infinity, but where oh, high, yeah. where their their obligation on the GameStop payouts was more than their entire value as a company as a hedge fund. Yeah, and right, I, like, see, I don't even know that because you know, I, as far as I know, they they haven't. Uh, released how much that hedge fund is worth. Okay, well, that was in one of the news reports. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I so, don't know for so certain it, either. I guess, but that's yeah, what, if that's it is what was, higher that was than their net reported. worth, then then they need to get liquidated, and uh, that's about it. That's all you can do is take all everything they own, right? Right. 
and I don't I don't see a problem with that either. So. No, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> This is this is the this is why my question is you know I I have s- several questions but how it ties in um, because from what I have seen so far the the state apparatus has been largely non-existent in this entire fiasco and I go good yeah right that's true but this is also, how it should play out it's also relatively early um, so now we have and that's market manipulation so the government is probably going to get involved say that again what's market manipulation i didn't catch it uh robin hood is trying to the price by by ah. they're, they're allowing traders to sell their shares but not buy any so that would of course prevent the stock from going any higher because nobody can buy sure but it's it, it I, aren't I, there I, other exchanges that they can do other than through robin hood or, yeah. or is that the only one no yeah, there is other exchanges. I don't know how that that affects uh, Robinhood or the 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 uh, hedge fund. Um, so I guess technically the price could keep going up. Uh, we'll see how many traders are able to get on those other exchanges and you know keep pushing the price up. So let, let's circle back to my original point where I said I want to come back to this, um, and then we'll take the story from there because my general opinion uh, from the outside is I believe the the hedge fund had it right, right? Like if, if I were looking at GameStop as a company, um, my general position is that they're, they have an antiquated business model at this point, not sustainable moving forward sure. into the future because what their profit, uh, their, their, you know, their cash cow, what that was in the past, was the buying and selling of video games, right? Mm-hmm. And and the and the used video game trade. Well, as we move forward in video game generations, uh, th- there's no need for physical game discs anymore, and the physical game discs are relatively use- useless mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know video game data being kept on, kept on them. Mm-hmm. So, with everyone going you know primarily to digital downloads, uh, GameStop. Doesn't doesn't have a business plan, uh, you know, unless they unless they really dive into like the retro scene, um, and I I don't see that as anything more than a cottage industry really at this point because I'm you know I I frequent those you know outlets on the internet as well and it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a large enough market to sustain a national video game chain the size of GameStop. So when I look at GameStop as right. a company, I go antiquated market, poor management, no plan for the future short that shit right i I agree um and so the the response to that is well they were closing their stores and that's probably a smart thing to do yeah um now i don't know that doesn't necessarily mean they were in the hole like blockbuster was right and i'm not suggesting that i just when when again when i look at gamestop as a company there's no reason for them to exist in the modern video game industry and if and believing that to be true, like that's, you know, I'm not invested. I don't have any of those stocks, um, but just looking at GameStop, you know, what the service that they provided versus what's what the market looks like now, you know, KB Toys went under, Toys R Us went under, um, Electronics Boutique got bought out by GameStop because they were going under. It, it's just not sustainable when you, when you talk about everything being delivered um, digitally online as opposed to physically in stores. So I can, you know, if, if they're not closing stores, 
if they're closing stores, you know, to better their financial situation, I believe it. But I also think that evidence of the fact that they don't need that many stores and the likelihood is that they would continue to close stores um, all the way down, all the way down well, to bankruptcy. Well, close doors all the way down to zero, but that doesn't mean they're not looking into changing their business model. And I don't know that what is true. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know if they have a plan. Like like I said, I don't work at GameStop. I don't really right. know. Uh, the story that, that uh, the Redditors say is that uh, GameStop wasn't in that bad of a financial condition. And maybe they do have a plan. I don't know. I didn't really look into it. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I, I believe what the Redditors, I believe that the Redditors believe what they're saying is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they didn't they didn't put forth any evidence that GameStop was on the cusp of turning things around, right? It seemed like props to them for the for the you know for their manipulation of the market, uh, but it seemed like an emotional attachment to don't touch our video games because we love GameStop, and sure. we're we're going to save this company and put those greedy hedge funds out of business, which again, perfectly fair, perfectly fine. Uh, within the scope of, you know, risk and reward as far as stock market trading is concerned. Um, but personally, I, I look at GameStop as a failing company, uh, if not, you know, the short, short term, definitely the mid-range to long term. Like, they, I, don't, I don't think you're going to have, you know, a GameStop in every mall, um, you know, or, or two in some cases, um, like there was in the heyday. Like, I think, I think that is gone. And I think the stock market price prior to this fiasco uh, was probably an accurate representation of the direction of GameStop as it stood a week ago. Is that probably. fair? Okay. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't blame them for shorting the market. What I blame them for is not doing their due, due diligence and seeing if it's already been sold. And that's the thing. Once it got to a hundred percent, the whole company has been sold. Okay. And and I'll say, I'll say again, though, if that, I don't know if due diligence, I don't want to defend them, but I don't know if due diligence was necessary. um, If that is a, a common issue in the, in the stock market field. It's it's not really common, but if you're a large hedge fund making these type of bets, yeah, that could possibly lose you billions of dollars. Then yes, you—that's part of their job. They should okay. know. And well, they should, okay. And they should then they should have outs too. They should they should have uh, you know, uh, there's ways to do uh, spread calls, and so it, it that way, if if it goes uh insanely high, then you then you're covered. Okay. Um, and that's the whole point of options. Actually, is kind of like a sure. Insurance. What one other issue that may be relevant here i don't know uh is this concept about okay then they sell off and they've sold everything and it's gone well i i think that the issue is compounded by corporate limited liability whenever you can say well i made some really bad decisions or i made some fraudulent decisions take my company but leave all the rest of my assets untouched because as by corporate law um frankly i'm troubled by that it seems to me that that's why people take a lot more reckless decisions uh because they know that don't aren't going to be held personally accountable for their sure costs if they owe people money it seems like they owe it regardless of whether they've been shielded by the corporate limited liability yeah 
Well, and again, I I, I don't I don't necess- I don't think that the decisions made by the hedge fund was would have been viewed as reckless um, outside of this you know manipul- manipulation by the redditors, right? Like if if you if you if you looked at it objectively a week ago, right? They 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 probably didn't their risk you know their their risk reward um, system right to as they're you know as they're looking at this probably didn't put them in this situation right GameStop was trading at well like fifteen twenty bucks a share right they short however many you know over a hundred percent of it thinking that it's going to go down but if it if they if they close out you know a little bit above that uh, it was a bad decision. Right, and I think what we're arguing here, or the points to be made here, is that um, the hedge fund made a poor financial decision, right? Like, wow, oh, they 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 shouldn't have done that. And like, but if you look at it from their perspective a week ago, it what well, it did probably didn't look like as poor of a financial decision. Now, when you talk about the the redditor the redditors like driving the price up, they took it from like less than twenty dollars a share to over five hundred right within within a matter of days and mm. i i don't think that there was anybody on the planet that would have predicted that outcome uh made the hedge fund aware during their risk assessment like hey you never know this gamestop thing could go up over 500 in a week you know you better you better watch those shorts like i don't think that conversation needed to be had given the situation at the time um what happened was, yeah. you know, no, someone I, on I, someone on the Reddit boards went, "Hey, these guys are really over leveraged, and we can fuck them if we all get together, right?" <laughs> and then they did, but they, right, you know, and fair well, play. Kind of the, it's kind of the whole point of hedge funds is to use leverage uh, to make billions of dollars, and so I I I agree with you uh, mostly, but at the same time, like I said, the due diligence comes in when you see how much money other that into consideration. If it's already been shorted at hundred percent, then it becomes a risk too big to take. Okay. Um, and now I don't know how that slipped past them. I don't know if they do that often. Um, but to me, it was a mistake. Even if, you know, let's say before this all happened, I would say definitely I'm not shorting that stock. It's already been shorted so much actually you know what the 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 most shorted company in in the world was last year tesla tesla yeah and look what happened to that <laughs> so no, um understand but you could see the upside to tesla right oh I, totally you can but the, the one of the reasons why the price is so high now is because all the shorts got forced out of the okay so that that's the type of risk analysis you have to do um yeah is it's, it's not just, you know, do I like this company or not? Do I think it's going to fail or not? How many people are already shorting it? If sure. everybody's already short, then it's not a good idea to get on board after them. <laughs> sure. And, and, and again, like I'm, I'm going to ask the question again, like I don't see the angle for us necessarily because I, w- regardless of whether or not I agree with you, um, your position is basically that if I was in charge of the head fund, I would have done things differently. And they didn't do uh, they didn't do proper risk management, right? Right, and you can say that with any company that undergoes mm-hmm. any sort of financial strain, right? Ah, I, I, you can Monday morning quarterback everything. I would have done things differently 
they did not do this properly. Here's how I would have improved it. Right? Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not Monday. Okay. I'm not. I'm not uh, doing this from the sideline. I'm. I'm. I. I do invest, and I have invested based on how much people have shorted things before. Right. So no, again, I'm not. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not. I'm not dis- discrediting you on that. What I'm saying is, when I say like, where's the angle? Um, a hedge fund made a bad financial decision. So mm-hmm. what? Right. That's. <laughs> Yeah, so they lose. That's about it. I yeah, mean, there's, that's there's it. Not, there's okay. not much to talk about except okay. for uh, you know helping people understand how this could happen, how they how people can make bad decisions. And I I actually like the Tesla story better because there's a lot of people that you know yeah I mean it's really hard to start a com- car company. The chances of them chances of them succeeding was like one in a hundred, and they pulled it off. Well, and they got a uh, bailout early on, so it's not sure sure. Um, uh, but yeah, it's the 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 short interest on tesla kept the price low for a long time and then when once it got past a point uh that the the shorts got started getting scared uh well they started buying back their shares and because you know they had to yeah um, so if what they, if- was what was the bailout early on for tesla uh, was it just that uh, uh they credits. gave discounts Credits to car electric cars is yeah. that what it was? So that's the federal refund. So uh, oh. people were getting up to eight thousand uh, dollars uh, tax benefit if they bought a Tesla. So they get eight thousand dollars off their tax if if they uh, buy a Tesla. So people people were buying Teslas just to get the eight thousand dollars off. Mm. Well, and I think uh, they were also part of the auto bailout, whatever year that happened to be when GM. Oh and- well, they, so they did get a loan and they paid it back uh, relatively early. Okay, I mean. If you want to call it a loan, that was like a federal loan to all the car companies. Then, right, right, yeah, yeah. They got they got a huge loan. Not fair, boohoo, but um, you know they paid it back, and it's not that. Uh, I I don't that that one's taxpayers uh, were forced to invest in Tesla for a short period of time to keep right, them in which solving. in which time they could have you know lost. You know Tesla could have taken the money and run, but they didn't. Yeah. You know there there was solar car companies that did that, like Sol Solestra or whatever it okay. was. Solendra. Um, Solendra. Yeah. There you go. So, um, you know, I'm I'm happy that that the money wasn't completely completely yeah. wasted, but the the money that is wasted that, that the money that really matters is the tax credits. So that mm. that that gives Tesla a huge advantage uh, in the market to mm. be able to sell cars. Uh, so right now. They're, they're out of credit opening is a uh, Ford right now. If you want to buy a Ford electric car, you can get the 8,000 or I don't, I think it's $7,500. So you get $7,500 off of a new Ford Mustang Mach E. Um, oh, it's and, a kind of quota per company, you know, a certain yeah, number it, of co- yeah, oh. the car companies based on how many, this, how many cars they sell, get uh, tax credits for selling electric car. The customers get a tax credit. Um, and but the, then the other thing, Ford and GM don't make enough electric cars. They must buy the the credits from uh, the the government or whatever, and and uh, basically uh, they buy they they uh, they give the money to Tesla basically because um, <laughs> they 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 pay Tesla to uh, produce the electric cars. It's really weird. Okay. Hmm. So that because, sounds like government interference. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. But mm-hmm. th- what they're saying is, Ford, you must cr- you must sell this many electric cars. If they don't sell them, then they have to you know buy their their excuse yeah. 
their their hall their hall pass from Tesla. <laughs> so I prefer um, Dodge at this point, who just says, fuck it, we're going to make beastly muscle cars. Yeah. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone just pays the $1,500 tax for the gas guzzler and screw yeah. it. Yeah. It's built into the price, baby. Good old-fashioned American muscle. <laughs> so short, short squeezes is the most volatile thing because uh, people are in a position where they are forced to buy back their shares because they have a contract that says, you know, well, yeah. I owe them by this date. Uh, so that's but, what they have to do. But that should, that's part of their risk assessment before they, before well, they short it. Should right. You, as an investor, you don't win them all, right. You win some, you lose some, you hope you don't lose too big. You hope you win yeah. big all the time. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's the thing about shorting that, that, you know, people that don't short don't know this, but when you short, you can lose multiple amounts of your money when when you buy all you can lose is a hundred percent of your money but when you short you could lose a hundred percent two hundred percent a thousand percent infinity percent right if the stock keeps going up you keep losing right and that's that's why the gamestop one continues mm-hmm. is because if if the price keeps going up and the the redditors keep pushing the price up uh, it's prohibitively difficult for the hedge fund to buy back those shares that they need to pay right. back or Maybe in shares sold short than exists. So <laughs> it's it's yeah. a it's a weird situation. Uh, now I don't know if there could ever be uh, a, a a government uh, mandate or a, or maybe not even government, but just but just through the 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 exchanges, a, a way to prevent a stock from getting sold over a hundred percent. That that would have uh, made this kind of situation much less likely. Um, but I don't know how that would be implemented because it's different clearinghouses and ex- exchanges yeah. uh, doing doing these things. So they can get loaned, the, the shares can get loaned multiple times. Uh, well, now you're looking at government interference right. in order but, to I mean, solve a problem. The thing is, it's like the stock market is a game and it has rules. And if, if, it, if it doesn't, then it's it can't be stable right and yeah. so i'm not against rules um the corruption in this case is is robin hood telling people you're not allowed to buy shares okay um, let's talk so. about that then because i don't even know if i want to call that a corruption they're they're the platform they set their rules for their platform mm-hmm. you voluntarily choose to use that platform um, mm-hmm. and somewhere in the terms of service, they say that they can change the rules at any time. I haven't read it, but I'm sure it's in there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking, it's on all the other ones. And then they went, oh shit, you know, we did not expect this. <laughs> We're changing the rules to prevent that. Right. Yeah. So is yeah, it a so corruption think, or is I it think there's a, gonna a correction? A lot of people that, that rightly so just you know, stop using Robin hood. Like, Good. well, if they're going to stop me from trading then, but also um, a market reaction. The, in in 2008, I was involved in the uh, the, the stock market crash. And uh, at one point, uh, the market was going down and they said, you're not allowed to short sell right now. It's like, well, isn't that convenient? At the time when it's most advantageous to short sell, you're telling us we can't short sell. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that was that came from the government. And so... That was horrible, um, you know that and, and wrong. And uh, you know, so I think 
trader, you know, individual traders should know that the system is rigged against them, whether it's the exchanges. Or... I think that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah. The... Well, also, can I suggest that maybe what's drop response against hedge funds is a kind of uh, built up resentment against uh, the what happened in terms of the bailout la in the last great recession, you know, the, the, this big collapse, they were all rescued, no, no damage to them, uh, to the big players, but it did, yeah. it damaged all. And so, you know, a lot of this is just built up resentment about how they were favored in the previous downturn. I, I want to agree that part of it at least is built up resentment. Um, another part of it to me in the current atmosphere uh, is has more to do with the eat the rich sentiment. Well, that's sort of um, highlighted by what happened in the grass, gla last recession. Sure. Uh, were, uh, came out ahead on that. I mean, all these financial institutions uh, came out enormously profitable while the rest of the country was uh, suffering the consequences of, of the bad behavior fostered by the Fed and in collusion with them. I mean, so there's, uh, I think... Uh, a lot of times there's there's justifiable resentment that uh, that causes this widespread anger. It's sort of the the storm the Bastille attitude. Okay, we've put up with this so many years. Now we're just all angry at once. <laughs> yeah, and it's a and it's a beautiful thing, right? Like yeah, <laughs> a, a couple of the lessons being learned is look how much influence we can have when we all work together, mm -hmm. right? All all, mm -hmm. all these individual investors working collaboratively. Uh, to take down a big hedge fund, fantastic. And then all those millions of individuals uh, having the simultaneous realization that the system is still rigged against them. In the yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You know, like you, but okay, you can win maybe the battle. Going forward, is, the, is there a positive change in behavior going forward then as a consequence? Uh, for the hedge fund or for, for, for which side? Well, both sides. Uh, well, at least for the hedge funds. I mean, if 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 the hedge funds took this huge hit, aren't isn't that going to cause them a little bit more reason to be cautious in the future, or does it not affect them at all? They just say, "Oh, well, uh, well, bummer." I would okay. hope. It. Go, oh, there's go some ahead, hedge. There's there's some hedge funds that are hurt, but there's also some hedge funds that saw the exact same things as the head as the redditors, and they're doing great. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Which, which again, I, I'll circle back to this, which is why I don't want to have a discussion on like who made the right decision, right? Because we, we, you know, that that'll be discussed uh, ad nauseum, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, what you're asking, KS, is you know, are, will they learn from this? And I would say they may. Right, the the hedge funds that got burned uh, may may you know do a little bit better job on their risk assessment. Right, they might not leverage themselves so heavily. Uh, they may have to pay attention to what what's going on on fucking nerdy internet message boards. Right, Bef before you know locking in their position. Right. Um, there's there's another aspect that I kind of want to talk about, and I, go I would say it. this is this is not really good for them. You know, for the little guy, um, you know, occasionally it is good to take short positions that are smart short positions. Um, and there, if could you can be handle the risk, yeah. But this this introduces uh, a situation where stock might not be shorted that heavily at all, and then the redditors come along and pump it, and you know, you wake up the next morning and you're you know you, you lose your house. So, uh, 
it's uh that might have happened in this case and we just don't hear about it because no one's talking about everyone's focused on the big hedge fund yeah i know well i know this has happened i know there's people that saw you know gamestop at a hundred dollars they said this bullshit and they put a short position on it guaranteed um and that's happened and so it's it's not really good for the little guy either um i don't really like market manipulation but so uh, i could say there's there's good and bad the the good thing is is they they pointed out that some uh stocks are to and should be allowed to i use loosely because like who is going to enforce that i don't know i don't know how that's going to work um whether it's the exchanges or the government whatever but um i mean in this case it's the exchanges it's exchanges like robin who going nope not going to have it this is clearly a manipulation and we have we the exchange have to mitigate this well they well they they failed to prevent gamestop from getting overshorted though so okay maybe they will implement something in the future i don't know but yeah so that's my point that the the redditors pointed out something that needs to be fixed um but if that becomes their model of you know find somebody to to pick on and and uh that you know that that could be bad for the little guy too. I don't see how it is that Reddit has this uh, lock on preventing people from buying. Can't they? If, no, if Reddit. Reddit they, doesn't. Robinhood. Has... I mean, Robinhood. I mean, can people just go to another exchange? I mean, is this yeah. is, is GameStop saleable through a multiple multitude of different yeah. sources? Yeah. Right. Right. So the the thing is, a lot of people. Uh, have gotten into stock trading because of Robinhood because oh. they're so easy oh. and because they don't have fees. So a lot of people don't have access right away to these mm. other exchanges. They can I make see. accounts and they can transfer the money, but it'll take about a week or so for their funds to, to go through yeah. and then they'll be able to trade. So I see Robinhood so the, bought trading to the masses mm. right? with a very simple phone app. You know, you want to buy this click buy and then you're in right. Fund the account and you're in basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so easy. I could do it. But um, and no fees. What are they? What's their source of income then? So they basically, and this is speculation on my part. They front run everybody's trades, and so uh, they sell the information to the uh, uh, clearinghouses, and 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 they get to make trades slightly before you do. And you can mitigate that by putting lim- in limit orders. But lots of unsophisticated traders don't even worry about that because the 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 uh, margin. Uh, what do you call that? The uh, uh, spreads the spreads are so low that uh they don't really care and so they're making a small amount on every single trade that happens but also they're selling the information on what the uh traders are doing and so one of the things about the stock market is that they they're heavily invested in figuring out uh how how large groups of people trade mm. that, so they can uh they could basically uh manipulate the stock market through manipulating their their emotional, uh, you know, connections to whatever the price is at the moment. You don't and, say. So, and that's and that's not that's not just Robinhood and, and the the people they do business with. That's how the stock market it. works. Yeah, like it, like there's an insane amount of technology uh, in mm. the stock market. So uh, they know what people are going to do before they do it. Kind of like you know, Facebook knows what you're going to want before you want it, uh, and they advertise it to you. But uh, um, so yeah, it's dangerous territory. It's not all that stuff isn't necessarily good for the little guy, uh, but you know neither are big stock bubbles that eventually pop. So, and okay, on the broader scale, 
if you know if if when when the stock bubble collapses again then there's broad impact on the whole economy i mean do you guys see um foresee a real trouble this year i do and, and the speculation here is that the, the, the eventually the fed is just start gonna is gonna start buying uh, stocks on the open market just not let it fall yeah they're already doing that with corporate debt mm -hmm. yeah so okay so they'll do that with stocks next yeah because yeah because it must not fall because depend on it it's like what <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why? But of course, why how they have... choose which stocks to buy, of course, is then highly politicized. Then, right? Yeah, yeah. And but but why even have stocks at that point? What's the point of having stocks? Just give everybody money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody really wants, right? You know, it's mm -hmm. like, why why go through this weird you know stock market system to, <laughs> to pay yeah. everybody off? You know, because <laughs> it has to be a pretense of doing things. A, a certain way right right if you just give everybody money then you're appeasing all of those who've been calling for ubi right mm -hmm. and upsetting all of those uh who think ubi is a bad idea or the bailouts or you know yeah. the stimulus checks right yeah well I, I still think ubi is is either the way to do it and it's going to be tried or um we're going to have uh basically an escalating amount of cronyism and until we get to the point of Venezuela, where they're they're printing money to give to their friends, and those are the only people that that get to eat, and everybody else, uh, you know, well, why don't you just find a different job? You know, we're going to shut down your pipeline, and uh, you you just get to go find a different job. Yeah, that's a reference to to, uh, to Biden. sniffing Joe Biden and whatever he's up to. So yeah, I I definitely. I'm not going to make any predictions like MC because I'm not, that is not my field of interest or expertise or anything where near that. Um, but I definitely would see, I definitely foresee bad things around the bend in a lot of different areas um, with, within the scope of the Joe Biden policies and plans and executive orders that he's been writing. Right. Like last week we touched a little bit on, you know, the good things, that Joe Biden is doing, um, specific, specifically, you know, the, the, uh, the ban on deportations and the more mm -hmm. lax immigration policy, my good, you know, golf clap there. Um, but a lot of the other stuff where, you know, what was, what is he up to like 37, 40 executive orders already? <laughs> All right. Doesn't, doesn't seem like it's going to bode well for the average, uh, person, uh, in any way, shape or form going forward. That's a good point. I think the reason I cheered about the change in attitude towards immigration is that I feel that it tremendously opens up a, a better livelihood for millions of people who are otherwise, you know, pushed into uh, very, very hard conditions. And that's that's an immediate thing. And it looks, I mean, and, and it's um, it's very dramatic. But these yeah. other things that that he does are long-term and vague they sound good but will have very negative consequences for um you know the people but in such vague ways that it's hard for people to feel it and resist it and i'm, I'm trying to think of some you know he's done things with regard to the well, I don't know. I have even a mixed opinion about this pipeline you know he, that that was something he said okay we're going to stop it sure 
I have a mixed opinion about the pipeline because I can see, of course, enormous benefits from natural gas. I mean, the Greens should be pleased with natural gas, but um, because it, it lowers their carbon footprint and all. But the 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 pipeline is itself is isn't it an enormous eminent domain project where the government says, okay, we're just taking these people's property and and the pipeline company gets to use it. Uh, all uh, mutually agreed contracts with everybody along the pathway <laughs> uh, that the pipeline yeah. has said, oh, sure, okay, we'll give you a certain share of the well, profits. Since, since we have a government, everything is messed up. So <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we might as well just uh, you know hang ourselves. And and let me <laughs> let me just say that if that's the angle you want to take, right? I will hear that angle, um, you know, in, in its legitimate form on this show. Right. But I don't what I don't hear from, you know, people, people saying like uh, stopping the pipeline is a bad idea. Right. I don't think they're I, I don't hear anyone bringing up the eminent domain argument. Right. I don't uh, hear people bringing up the massive government works thing. It's, you know, this guy is supposed to be pro union and he's killing tens of thousands of union jobs. You know, that are supposed to be for these Americans. Yay, Biden. And at the same time, he's letting all these illegals in and not kicking them out. Right? Like, if, if if you want to talk about eminent domain and how it was wrong from the beginning, and it's a good thing, you know, to to cease that, and he's going to return all that land to the original owners uh, in compensation since the pipeline's not going through, you can have your land back. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, but I don't hear that from anybody at all except on your show exactly you know and thanks thank you ks for (laughs) bringing up that angle yeah love it yeah right but as far as as far as like the transport of gas is concerned right or or natural gas or petroleum or whatever you know there's there's pipelines uh crisscrossing the globe right that's an efficient way to transport things across great distances and he sure. shuts it down and is like, okay, we're going to put it on trains and trucks again, right? And then the, the average person, what do you see? Well, you see the price of the pump go up, right? I don't want that. I don't want the price of the pump to go up while they're inflating uh, the currency and making it more expensive anyway, right? My pay's not going to you know, go up when gas prices go up and I still got to commute. I think there's a, a good uh, anarchist case about uh, this whole energy it's a huge, huge topic here, for example. And I yeah. think that it has been. We talked been. about Tesla I think solar that, earlier. Well, I think that uh, petroleum and coal, and I don't know about uh, coal so much, but I know that the, with regard to petroleum, it's been very, very, very heavily subsidized in many ways over the years. That's one reason why it's been as inexpensive. It hasn't paid its full cost for what it what it takes. Um and uh, same thing can be said about nuclear. Same thing can be said about uh, all. The, actually, all of the energy uh, sources governments been manipulating the values. So we really don't know true market values of any of these things. I would say that probably the biggest subsidy, the massive wars that have been fought in the Middle East, all of the protection and insurance costs that, if they were borne by the oil companies themselves, they would have found it. Uh, too expensive to take oil from the Middle East because instead of paying $4 a barrel, it would have been $30 a barrel if they had to pay all of their own protection and insurance costs. And because it would have been such a volatile area, uh, 
people in those countries, the rulers in those countries, would have had to change their behavior in order to attract companies to do business with them. Um, other ways that have been subsidized have been oil tax credits, the foreign depletion, uh, the foreign tax credit, the uh, oil depletion allowance, enormous subsidies that have always been in place since the 50s and uh, and even even before for oil industry. So. Uh, it's a fascinating topic to get into in terms of manipulations, but I think it's a such a quagmire that probably would take many. Well, br bring it up earlier next time, and we can we can spend more time on it. Yeah, sure. Um, but I, w what you're saying is is you know the the American populace, right? When we when when I we you go to the gas pump, right? We're we're paying a heavily subsidized rate. Right. And if we have to pay, it's the much lower than it would otherwise. Be. Yeah, right. And I don't as high as I've seen gas and the pushback that I've seen when gas prices go up to a certain level. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it would go over if overnight, say, um, people were forced to pay the full cost at the pump. Right. Like at what, what during, during the early stages of the lockdown last year. Um, I, th I think that I, I, I can't remember exactly. I think I wanted to pay something as low as like a dollar 20 a gallon, maybe even lower than that, um, here. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the lowest that I've ever pumped gas in my life, uh, that I can recall was like 99 cents when I was in Spokane, Washington in college. Mm -hmm. Like I, I remember seeing like two digits on the sign went, Oh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, completely ignorant at that time as to how or why that was the case, but you know, very grateful that it was. Um, mm -hmm. and then living in Hawaii, you know, it, it was up over four bucks a gallon, uh, at one point and I was like, shit, you know, start, I, I chose to ride a moped for the most part at that point for multiple reasons, but gas prices was one of them. Um, and you, you're going to tell me that, you know, over, overnight that could double I'm like, yeah, the real price of gas unsubsidized is closer to nine, 10 bucks a gallon. Get ready for that. You know? Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I would not be ready for that. I would not like to see that. Um, if you know, I've paid as low as 20 cents a gallon, <laughs> but that's a long ways back. Yeah. Uh, well, this, this 99 cents was like, you know, either early, early aughts or late nineties for me. That's when I was in. Oh, okay. Mine was 1970. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, there was a gas station that opened up advertised. We sell our gas for 20 cents a gallon. And the guy across the street with another gas uh, station rented a huge tank truck went over there and took it all and put it all in his station. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. But, and, and, and there, but there's subsidies, uh, there's um, distortions that go both ways. Uh, yeah. The Jones act, if they end into the Jones act, uh, the price of gasoline, that would be a downward pressure on gasoline prices. Cause it's, it's, you know, the, they, it takes three times the price of selling fuel from the Gulf of Mexico to New York as selling it up to Canada. I mean, it's a longer distance to take, to ship it to Canada, but it costs three times as much, uh, to, to take it to New York because yeah. of the Jones act it has to be on an American made ship. Right. So I'm what I, I guess what I'm saying, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't find a way to, to bear the true cost. Um, yeah. what I am saying is if that were to happen, expect some pushback from the general population. Right. Like all of a, all of a sudden, you know, those sure. Middle Eastern wars might be justified by a lot more people 
if the narrative is just changed to, well, you don't want $10 a gas, $10 gallons of gas, do you? You know, this is how we keep the cost down. And then you go, well, then blow those fuckers up. Right. Cause, <laughs> because that, that becomes an acceptable, uh, cost, right? Like I, I care so little about middle Eastern life that I care more about, uh, the, the price of the pump than I do about those lives lost. If I had to pay the full cost, uh, not saying me personally, but I'm saying I could, I could see, I can foresee those arguments being made. Um, and I can see a lot of people being justified at that point in making them. Oh yeah. I mean, you, you, <laughs> to sort out all the, uh, the web of, of interventions, it would be really tough in, in an instant and it would cause a lot of disruption, uh, but it would be fun uh, oh, absolutely. for, for libertarians to look at how the world would be different. I, I suspect the fun part would be coming into uh, even considering, well, without those interventions, we may not have highways. We may, you know, maybe there'd be more elevators and fewer highways unless they're private toll roads. Uh, and that's more expensive. Um, if the private market provides them, than the government that just uses tax money to do it. I mean, so that the, the suburbs, the elevators, the canals, the railroads, all of these things would be completely different in a libertarian world. That'd be a nice work of fiction to write out what the libertarian world would look like today without all those government interventions. Yeah. And the, the difficulty going forward is, well, we take the world as we have it now. Exactly. And yeah. it, how, how can we make that, uh, you know, maximally liberty oriented libertarian, you know, the, the anarchist way, uh, but operating from the standpoint of, we're not going to, we're not going to go back in time right? We're not going to destroy everything that was built up until this point. Um, but how do we move forward? Right. It's not like we're going to, we're going to go into hundred percent Liberty, you know, the science the fiction books experience. that have done this. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they have, but what I'm saying is we're not going to go break all the bridges and tear up all the roads that have already been built. Right. Like, no, those are already in place. Let's move forward. <laughs> like, uh, the, the Honolulu railroad, uh, now it's, uh, only half done and it won't ever be done and it's not going to be torn up. They're just going to keep going at it just because they Boondoggle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, see this is it's, it's ironic that there's now like three generations of that railroad, um, in, in, in my mind, because I remember there were discussions about it when I was in high school. And I talked to my dad about it because it was a current events thing that we were you know, talking about in whatever history class. I don't remember. And he goes, boy, they've been talking about that thing since I was in high school, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at some point they actually got started, right? They broke ground and, you know, tore it all up. Um, and now we're, what, halfway done and, and my son is in high school. Uh, I don't talk to him about this, but I just go like, well, they, you know, from from the time your grandfather was in high school <laughs> this has been on the books you know <laughs> like and yeah and unfinished over over budget uh as as bad as can be and from the from the beginning like when you know when they first started breaking ground i've always been reminded of um the monorail song from the simpsons if you're familiar with that episode no i, I wish actually i i, I Wish I had more chance to listen to the Simpsons or watch. Oh, it. <laughs> well, you, you should take 23 minutes out of your day and find the monorail episode of the Simpsons cast and just you know, <laughs> enjoy it. 
and then see the parallels of what's going on in your neck of the woods. Right. As we speak. Right. <laughs> that, it, it's always reminded me of that. Um, the fact that like, there's no way, there's no way how, what's the, what's the break even point on that thing at this point? Like if, if they, if they finished it on budget right now, right. How long until that thing like beca- becomes financially, financially viable. Right. Right. Whatever they say it is. And currently they say about uh 10 billion, double it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So how, how, how many years or decades is it going to take them to recoup, you know, the, the 20 billion, uh, that's been pumped into it. Right? How many? Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. Well, I'm saying like, how long is it going to take to, to, to make that a positive investment? If ever. Oh, never. Right? Yeah. Never. Yeah. yeah. But, but yet they won't stop it. Right. They won't just, no, nope. actually well, it's, sunk cost. it's been the history of government intervention in railroads since the 1800s and the canals, all of them, the highway from Lancaster to Philadelphia, the private canal in, uh, in Massachusetts, the private railroads that were all built privately first successes. The government then jumped in and says, then we can do it better for everybody. And, Almost all of the highways, canals, and railroads uh, that the government uh, intervened with and built went bankrupt because they built them for political parties rather than economic uh, justification. And that history is out there. I, that's why I just, I, I don't, maybe it's just a, a lack of, uh, well, conscious education. Nobody wants to know. Everybody wants to hear the politicians say, we can do this for free, you know. Uh, but, I mean, the history is so solid in the waste. All the transcontinental railroads that were built by the government and with government subsidy went bankrupt. The only one that didn't go bankrupt was uh, a Great Northern Railroad that was built entirely with private funds by James Jerome Hill, um, and it, it didn't go bankrupt. And the, the motives, I can, I can go into detail about how he built it differently than government ones. The history's out there, but nobody... It, nobody cares about it because well, there, there isn't this distinction with why the use of force is, is always wrong i well i i don't think there are people don't think about it i think the people in charge purposefully ignore it right because their their goal yeah. is not to be successful uh insofar as getting those things operational you know under budget for the people uh, as you indicated it's politically motivated and so success is measured not by the the efficiency of the apparatus itself uh but by you know how much more power they gain politically by advocating it and whether or not they can get the people that's right uh, on their side by over promising uh, on something and then obviously under delivering in almost every case yeah, just like the rail in hawaii that's yeah, what we're yeah. talking about yeah <laughs> Yeah, and therefore every government agency is a success at building its budget and its staff um, because the more problems they create, they have a greater job to do. And they, they, their, their funding and everything grows. You know, For a corporation, that would be a great measure of success. If, you're, if your revenue increased and your staff increased, that's how bureaucracy grows. It's always a success on its own measure. Like I said, I still I still follow uh, the Grassroots Institute out of Hawaii uh, on on social media, um, so I do see some of their articles. And you know, recently it's you know more taxes uh, for the average people 
in that particular state, uh, basically as a way, as a way to mitigate the damage caused by, you know, the, the, the lockdowns, the shutdowns and whatever. And I go, Oh, good. You know, milk them some more, you know, even if it's the wealthy, right? Like, you know, the wealthy will find a way out. Uh, I think the last headline that I saw, I didn't, again, I didn't pull it for show prep. Um, was basically like Hawaii wants tourists, tourists want Hawaii. Um, but you know, something's getting in the way. And I go, well, yeah, (laughs) obviously the state's getting in the way. Um, but I don't even, you know, if, if I were a tourist at this point, I don't know how much I would want to go there, you know, with, with all that, with, with all the, you know, restrictions and, and bureaucracy in place. Like I, I think it's, in my opinion, uh, would be losing itself uh, as an ideal tourist destination. Like I don't want to go back, forget it. No need. I think the way to enjoy Hawaii is to cut off your newspaper vision and just disregard the, the see we've got the MC and you and I have a, a sort of a world news mindset. So these things trouble us and figure into our, our thinking time we look around. Most people, well, not most people, but a lot of people improve their life. Just shut that out. Don't think about it. And, uh, of course, uh, until they run up against it in some one way or another. But mostly well, yeah. they just disassociate themselves from the political side. You just look at the trees and the sky and the beautiful weather. And sure. that's... Uh, and and that's maybe a better way to thrive. <laughs> but but for me, uh, having moved away, if I were to come back for a visit, right? Even if I were to ignore all of that, I would run up against it upon landing when they told me that I can't leave my hotel room and they need to take my cell phone data, right? Ladies, like I would I would immediately run into problems, you know, if I was not aware of what they were doing ahead of time and then chose to you know chose to not visit instead. Wife says that. Um, now all travelers, the airplanes in China are requiring people to have their uh, their COVID tests through the the rear, and they have all these little displays yep. showing them how they how they have to do that. Have anal that? swabs, that's anal swabs. Yeah. triple masks and <laughs> anal swabs. Forget it. I'm not going anywhere. And if you, you haven't keep, had your keep, vaccine, keep. forget about even trying to travel. Yeah, it's it's that's it, you know they we 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 uh, warned against vaccine passports months ago right early on in the pandemic we said well what is this going to come to right that you you need your papers to travel and and you absolutely do right that, that was another um that was another executive order from joe biden at least on the international uh, on the international scale yeah all all public transport just came out in the wall street journal i saw it today all public transport next week is going to require masks uh and i'm sure that's just the first step you know so forget it, forget it. You, 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 you have to pay attention. Otherwise you walk into a trap. Um, and as much as you want to ignore it by, you know, Oh, look how beautiful the trees are. Uh, I kind of feel like it's, that's more of an ostrich burying its head in the sand than anything else. Well, okay. I mean, it is a way, uh, I mean, I, I respect it. I mean, I, I, I'm not that, but did you ever see the movie? It's a beautiful life. I think it was that that was the title of a guy a Jew a Jew who was uh you know was arrested and taken off to the prison camps in uh in Auschwitz and uh, you know in Germany during World uh, I'm War II. I'm familiar with the movie I have never seen it in its entirety. An interesting take on on okay a way to survive still isn't just to 
be filled with the gloom and doom about the horrors of the world, but it's uh, a way of finding uh, a good pathway through it, even though, I mean, sure. I don't know if what I'm saying makes sense. It's I, I'm not saying anything negative about being worried and concerned about all this, but also to there, there are ways to still appreciate life, seeing the trees and the skies and all that sort of thing without having to be bogged down with all the no or yeah that part i get but what i'm saying is if you if you try to ignore what's going on around you you're going to run into it unaware yeah right yeah, yeah. like i yeah. can i'm, I'm going to go to hawaii for the beaches and the trees and then i get there you know i'm I, i'm going to go for a week right i can i can take a week off of work i'm going to go for a week i'm going to go i'm going to enjoy nature going to see the beaches going to see the trees going to tour the island and I get there and they go like, you're locked in your room for two weeks <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I yeah. ignored what was going on around me. And then and you, know, so you run headfirst into it. And if you didn't stay in your room, then you could be fined or arrested or who knows, or deported right. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you got to, you have to be aware. Um, it, I wouldn't be ignorant. And so I guess I'll, I'll try to rephrase this and then we'll wrap up um, the, the, my take on everything right now so i have some friends on social media and you know like how do we get through this and you know i've talked to you know friends on social media i've talked to customers and my question my open question um is where is the opportunity right like someone is going to do well through all of this right there's going to be some folks that come out ahead uh, even under a biden administration and those people are the ones who were open to opportunities and prepared to accept those challenges when those opportunities present themselves. So if you're worried about what's going on, right, be aware, don't be ignorant, um, but find the opportunity to make the best of that situation. Is that fair? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Final thoughts? Nope. All right. That'll do it for us then. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, uh, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha.